You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim Live in a snowy Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we got Chris in in the house. He's in enemy territory down in Dallas. Some of you guys are going, you did not let a Cowboys fan on here, did you? <laughs> no, we did not. He's with us. We're, it's all good. It's all We're good. Calm down. Man. <laughs> Chris is a Chris is a listener of the pod, and we've been in communication, and thought it'd be a good idea to have him on sometime just to chat it up, uh, talk a little football. So, Chris, how you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, doing well. Happy to be here, guys. Thank you for the invite. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime we can get another Packer fan on here just to talk some ball, we're all about it. I'll tell you that, Tim. Uh, anything on your mind before we get this party kicked off? I know you're going to be coming through the chat just like me. Tim's got some uh, uh, a little bit of uh, I don't know what to say here. A few extra perks here. He can control some stuff on the broadcast. So you're you're going to get your share of videos, audio, sound bites, all that good stuff tonight for sure. But Tim, anything on your for on the forefront of your mind before we kind of jump in here, dude? Just um, you know, thinking about our young wide receiver car and uh the fact that we're spending all of seven and a half million bucks on these guys this year <laughs> and looking at the the sheer output and production we're getting and I don't know, man. Every every day, Goody looks more and more like a genius. I got to give it to him. <laughs> he really does, man. Really does. Uh, and for those of you keeping score at home, that's four million. Our entire wide receiver room, if I understood correctly, is like four to four and a half million less than Alan Lazard's cap hit this year. <laughs> so, pretty wild stuff. Anything on your mind, Chris? Before we dive into the the topics of the evening here. No, no. I'm looking forward to the content. Good deal, man. All right. Chewy in the house said, man, what's up, everyone? I think he said, my Lord, I made a live one. What's up, Chewy? Welcome to the live stream, buddy. We got a herd in here, too. If you guys would, hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. And if you don't like what you're hearing, just pretend like you never heard of us, okay? It's totally cool. We can go that route, too. But let's talk about Tay Wicks for a second, man. PFF, uh, Green Bay Packers, at PFF underscore Packers, tweeted this out, said, Dontavian Wicks, 2.64 yards per route run since week 10. That's second among all rookies. So, Goody, obviously, just hitting a home run there late in the draft with Dontavian Wicks. You guys know I've been pretty vocal about this. I kind of bounced back and forth between Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, but there's a lot of data that suggests Dontavian Wicks is going to be the number one receiver in the future. And I can't tell you how excited I am about it. Just because hearing a little bit of his story, we won't go into the personal stuff. He had, had uh, you know, experienced a tragedy in college. You guys probably heard about it in the news. 
Um, you know, it was so cool that he had the uh, the breakout game the other night, scored the two touchdowns, uh, and it was uh, something that kind of got brought up what he went through with college there. But um, just seems like he's cut from the same cloth as every other receiver in this receiver room. Tim, what I like about it, man, there there is no I in that receiver room at all, bro. It just seems like every one of them are together. And we talked about it early in the season when the struggles were happening on offense and the defense was kind of carrying the load. Jaden Reed called that meeting in his locker and got the guys together. And it wasn't like he was trying to pep them up, hop them up. It was just real simple. Like, guys, let's figure this out. We can do this. It's uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's refreshing to see a receiver core in the National Football League that they all seem so selfless, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like I always joke about, you know, hopefully we never have a number one here because it's wide right. receiver by committee. But really what it is, is it seems like week to week, you know, we kind of rotate, kind of rotate that role. You know, sometimes it's Jaden Reed is that guy. Sometimes we lean on Tay Wicks, you know, Rome. I mean, I, I would love to get Christian Watson back. Uh, he can be an absolute star in this league when he's healthy. We know this. Um, but I think it's a testament to really the the preparation that these guys did, even in the off season, you know, we, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, chatter about Jordan Love and uh, Aaron Jones and Wicks and these guys working out kind of on their own, um, even away from, uh, you know, OTAs and camp. And then now taking that into the season, we hear about Jordan Love having the Monday night uh, dinner at his house with, uh, you know, the offense and, you know, watching film on their own time. I mean, you talk about dedication, man. You spend all day working and then you you come home and you're still working. I mean, that's these guys get it. You know, the fact that they're rookies is just makes it that much more cool. Honestly, I mean, you're seeing uh, this is stuff that veterans do, you know, and uh, our rookies are doing it right out of the gate. You got to you got to love it for sure, man. And early in the season, everyone was talking about the lack of experience is going to hurt this receiver room. Right. Guess who was one that was saying it? This guy right here. Yep. It, they, I mean, it doesn't seem like they missed the lick. As a matter of fact, I'm sure their response to everybody in the media, the sports media that was saying that is, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you, right, let me tell you <laughs> we don't care. They play with like just this different level of swagger too. And it's so cool to see how, you know, like you said, Tim, there's no true number one, really. It's like, okay, let's spread the ball around. Let's just take what the defense gives us. But you're starting to see people separate. You know, who's good against man coverage, who's good against zone, right, and all those things. We're going to talk about receiver rankings. Um, so as we get ready to dive into that, let me just point this out real quick. First of all, um, here we go. Dead Fish in the chat says, Dallas is hoping not to see Christian Watson. Boy, he lit him up last year, didn't he? You know yeah. why he lit him up, Dead Fish? Think about this. What does Dallas do? At least what did they What did they do? Me and Tim talked about this offline earlier. We deep dove it a little bit. You know, they play a lot of man coverage last year, right? That was the big thing going into this year. Their run defense suffered a bit. They re, they adjusted, started playing a little more balance. But what when you play cover cover one man, where are you going to attack? Deep down the boundary, right? And that's exactly what we did to Christian Watson last year. Um, Chris, do you remember that game last year um, against Dallas? There, I believe it was it Monday Night Football. It went to overtime. Am I thinking right? It was, or was it just a four o'clock game? I can't remember. I just I remember the lots were on at Lambeau, but um, we took it to overtime, and obviously Aaron Rodgers and the Packers beat the Cowboys last year there at Lambeau. Do you remember that game pretty clear, Chris? I do. What stood out to you about that game, and do you think about that going into this matchup? Just as a Packer fan, what's what, uh... what was that trigger? You know, I, I think the teams are so different. Um, it, it's really hard to, you know, I mean, obviously Rodgers, um, but, you know, even defensive personnel, offensive personnel are so different that, um, you know, we've had their number and I, and I certainly think that we can have their number again. Um, but it, it's hard for, for parallels for me, um, just, just with all the, all the differences in rosters. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how the media is constantly, they're like, well, Against this team all time, that doesn't mean a hill of beans. This right. is a different ball club every year, right, Tim? Yeah, let, let's let's talk about, uh, you know, the domination of Dallas when, you know, half of the guys on this team were like two years old, you know? <laughs> exactly. like, I don't think it's it's relevant. Um, but, you know, it, when you talk about that that mainstream narrative, that coverage, I mean, it is good talking points. It's it's fun to glance at, and I'm with Chris, man. You can't really draw the – the parallel you kind of just nod your head and smile and go oh that's kind of cool and then you then you move on you know we can't latch on to stuff like that um and obviously we're we're watching a bunch of stars being born right now 
uh, week to week here in Green Bay. So honestly, I just look at this trip down to Dallas as, uh, you know, a chance for uh, more guys to cement their legacy here, especially Jordan Love um, and our young receivers. So, uh, you know, the whole world thinks that Dallas is going to just, you know, smoke us and walk away with an easy victory. Uh, us Packer fans know better. We know who this team is, you know, and that that's the identity of this team is a team. And uh, it's not Aaron Rodgers and the boys anymore. It's just the boys. And uh, we love to see it. Definitely. Vahan, I think I'm saying that correct. I apologize if I missed that. It says, don't forget our tight end group as well, Musgrave, Craft, Sims. They've been playing, I mean, just lights out. They've been playing great. We're going to hit on that with the numbers as well. They'll be in the mix. Um, let's see here. H.E. Solder uh, saying the same thing here. Solder says, how much growth did they get out of the tight ends? Uh, we'll talk about it because uh, Tucker Kraft, man, he's looking like a stud, an absolute stud. Green Ranger in the chat says, I'm pumped for this matchup. My first Packer game. I hope AT&T isn't hostile. Laughing emoji. I've, <laughs> I've known several people to go to AT&T Stadium. As long as you don't go in there, you know, strutting around, causing trouble, I've heard it's a good place to watch a ball game. I've also heard there's not been one person that stepped into that arena that hasn't came back and said, Clayton, this place is huge it is humongous so that's awesome you're getting to go to it green ranger enjoy the game buddy like i said as long as you don't talk too much trash you should be all right man now i know several packer fans friends of mine that they cannot abide by those rules no matter where they go they're gonna talk <laughs> trash packer up thank you for the super chat buddy he said i think the turning point of our offense was the first play of the thanksgiving game uh when matt lafleur called the deep shot to watson on the first play you know what did what did uh, Aaron Rodgers say last year when Christian Watson had his breakout game, right? And it was that one deep shot down the sideline. He said, they said, what do you think of Christian Watson in that big play there? And he said, I think it's the perfect case study of how one play, one play can completely tra- change the trajectory of a person's career and a person's season. And uh, lo and behold, I think it's exactly what you're saying here. Thanksgiving day, man. And, you know, if it falls in complete Packer up, I got to be real. I'm going, why are we throwing on first down? Let's run the ball, please. But they hit a home run or hit a deep shot like that. We, there's no complaints. And I think you're spot on, man. That really did. It kind of kind of sparked everything, and we had them on their heels the rest of the game. They never had a shot. But thank you for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. All right, let's do this. Let's kind of dive into some of these screen grabs that I've got for you guys and gals. Uh, this was a fun thing to kind of research. I spent a couple hours earlier doing this, and it's mainly because a listener asked, hey, do we know if our wide receivers are, are better against man or zone? So what we're going to try to do if we get through all this information, we'll talk about the Cowboys' tendencies, right, their offensive and defensive identity. But before we do that, let's kind of hit on these receivers. So Packer receiver rating, okay, this is according to SIS. To the best of my knowledge, it's been completely updated. I know the passing stats were updated, so I'm assuming the receiving stats are completely updated as well. You guys know I like receiver rating. It's essentially the passer rating for the receivers, right? And it really shows you, okay, which receivers are having the most success. Some people some people put a really, really high value on just touchdown catches. Some people think yardage is most important. Some people think receptions are. Some people think, you know, first down percentage. Is, is the most important, right? I like receiver rating because it kind of takes everything and bundles it into one, right? Essentially gives you just kind of an overall grade. So the Packers roster alone, receiver rating, in the number one spot, you've got Jaden Reed at 117.9. Number two, Tucker Kraft, 117.4. Dontavian Wicks at number three, 115.6. Ben Sims, 111.8. Only six targets, that's important to mention. But still, a 111.8. Bo Melton, 24 targets, 109.4. Luke Musgrave, 102.8 with 46 targets. So he's still got more targets than Tucker Craft on the year and coming in at 102.8. But they're, they're, you know, Tucker's closing in on him. Josiah DeGuara, only eight targets, 100.5. You got AJ Dillon. This was one of the pleasant surprises for me this year. 28 targets in the passing game, 99.9. Romeo Dobbs, 96 targets, big, big sample size, right? I mean, he's just got he's got two more than Jaden Reed. He leads the team in targets, 97.3. Then Aaron Jones, 90.6. Malik Heath, 89.8. Emmanuel Wilson, 85.8. James Robinson, 79.2. Christian Watson, 71.4. Christian Watson has 53 targets. Now, something that, uh, Chris, you kind of – this caught your eye offline. I know we were chatting about it, and I'll get your take on this too, Tim. 
you know, you put me on the spot when you asked that, like, what's up with Christian Watson's? And, you know, I was, I was kind of alluding to, okay, it's a smaller sample size, which is true. But also, if you look at Jordan Love's accuracy in the second half of this season, I mean, it is, it's night and day. If you go back and watch that first half of the season when Christian Watson was healthy, when he was at his healthiest, I should say, Jordan Love was way off the mark. He was late on his reads. We talk about it on Chalk Talk every week. He was inaccurate. The data at SIS backed that up. The PFF grades at the time backed that up. Um, you could just see it all over the board. I think that plays a big role in this as well with the receiver rating because it is, it's a production metric, right? It's not like, okay, the receiver rating is is going to remove those balls that were uncatchable, right? Or uh, remove a ball that wasn't on target and it ended up being a drop because he had to turn his body completely around to try to make the catch. But uh, what sticks out to you here, Chris, when we talk about these uh, receiver ratings? Yeah, I think I was just looking at the chat. Jen had mentioned it, Jen Wright, uh, force feeding, you know, Christian Watson. And I think that that's got a, a big piece of, uh, of, of, of the issue um, with Watson. You know, one, another thing that sticks out to me, though, is Aaron Jones being so, uh, so low down the list. I think uh, historically he's been known. I think we all know he's, he's been a tremendous receiver. Um, you know, I, I can off the top of my head think of, uh, you know, a few, uh, overthrows, miss, you know, underthrows, that type of thing yep. early, earlier on in the season that, that might be affecting that a little bit, but yeah, just the Aaron Jones, uh, being a little bit lower than I think, uh, most people would think. Yeah, I agree. Tim, what do you think, buddy? Yeah. I think, uh, when you talk with, uh, uh or refer to Aaron Jones here, I, I think most of that can be attributed to the fact that we do have this depth at, at wide receiver and tight end. And I think they're just, they're asking a little less of Aaron Jones in the passing game. Um, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe more so than uh, the last couple of years, which is not necessarily a negative thing. I, I mean, Aaron Jones strong suit to me is, is carrying the football obviously, but um, you know, you do love to see him catch some of those swing passes too, some of those uh, little wheel routes and jet motion, those kind of things. Um, I think that's just a testament to, you know, Jones is getting getting a little older as a back, and um, I think we're just utilizing him differently. Uh, the thing that really stands out to me, obviously, though, is looking at our boy Tuck Norris up there with that uh, 0.0% drop rating right there. Got to love that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's just a lot to be excited about really across the board, whether it's our, our wideouts or our, or our tight ends. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, people pointing out Jordan Love, like we said, Stephen Smith, tendency to overthrow at times. You've seen it in the first half against the Bears. And then, unfortunately for the Bears, the second half happened, and Love was just on, boy. I mean, completely on. Uh, let's see, H.E. Solder in the chat says, um, way better accuracy in the second half by Love, and that aligns with upping the motion and more op- more open looks. I would agree with that. I think that's a very, a very fair assessment. Jen Wright says, Watson's drop percentage still lower than most. And it's so true, Jen. I was looking at it. You know, granted, uh, Jaden Reed's just about doubled his targets, but Jaden Reed has a higher drop percentage than Christian Watson does. Aaron Jones is is just – it's wild, 17.9. But, Tim, you remember like the first quarter of the season we were talking about how they were trying to run these swing passes and Jordan was getting to them way late? Yep. Um, I think that has a lot to do, do with it too, man, the ball not yeah. coming out on time. Christian Watson also has a lower drop rate than Romeo Dobbs. A.J. Dillon, Luke Musgrave, and Dontavian Wicks. So that's a good point there, Jen. I think uh, you get Christian on the field, get him healthy, get him back in the flow of things, I think he'll be just fine. I just – you know, just when I was starting to kind of feel down on him and then he comes out and plays those two games, he just goes gangbusters. I'm like, no, Christian's fine. We just got to get him healthy, man. Yeah, and as far as, like, force-feeding him, I can see that that natural tendency too, right? You know, like, you finally get this guy back. It's like, man, feed him the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. But we have to be careful because that's, you know, we can't get into those old habits. Old habits kind of die hard, you know, and that's not just on your quarterback either. That's also, you know, Matt LaFleur and, and play calls and scheme and, and, and the approach to the game too. Like you always say, Clayton, right? Game on the line, think play or not play. Well, you know, your your season's been on the line here for the last month. You know, it's like I, I got to believe if we get scooted back for Sunday, uh, you're going to see some targets early and often for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Let's hope they don't go too crazy with it. Yeah, I think they will too. They're going to want to get him involved as soon as possible. I still can't believe we're in the playoffs, guys. This just blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Although we were kind of 
we were still trying to paint that picture. I couldn't tell you how many people tweeted at me saying, shut up about the playoffs. It ain't happening. It's just like, okay, all right, I got you. Maybe I am being stupid. Here we are, and I can't believe it more than anybody. <laughs> but wide receivers versus zone. This is the Packers receivers versus zone coverage, okay? So we removed all the man coverage snaps. And here are your leading receivers according to receiving rating against zone coverage. At the top of the list, Dontavian Wicks is absolutely eating up zone coverage. 124.6 is his receiver rating against zone. Ben Sims, only five targets, but 123.8. Jaden Reed, 121.9. Tucker Craft, 111.9. Bo Melton, 109.4. Luke Musgrave, 101.4. Uh, Josiah DeGuara, 100.5. Only eight targets, though. A.J. Dillon, 99.8. And Romeo Dobbs is all the way down to nine at 98.3. Malik Keith, 97.2. Um, yeah. On down the line there, I'm trying to think. Aaron Jones, 78.3. So you see in that situation there, his drop rate is 20% against zone, he being Aaron Jones. So there's your zone coverage looks, okay? Wicks, Reed, Kraft, Melton, absolutely torching zone coverage. So let's go to man coverage. Man coverage, look at the top of the list, boys. Romeo Dobbs is a man beater, 114.5. Look who's number two with 20 targets. Aaron Jones against man coverage. You guys remember the angle route in Chicago? <laughs> 114.2. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, Malik Heath, 113.1, only seven targets, though. Tucker Craft, 112.9, only 11 targets against man coverage. So he's mostly seen zone, definitely better at playing against zone than man. Uh, Bo Melton, only three targets, 112.5. You see Jaden Reed dips down here, right, guys? He dips down to 107.7. So what is that? And Wicks right behind him, 104.3. When you I mean, see that when you see an that tells us a lot player, about Aaron Jones, right? Yeah, and Romeo Dobbs, right? Yeah. 
Like, so like so, look for if if they're in man, you know, this is that's when you want to start looking for Jonesy to maybe be involved in the passing game a little more. And this is all important stuff. You guys screen grab this, okay? And I want to say this: anytime I put any content up, I don't care if it's a screen grab or if you want to download the whole video and share it at yours as yours, everyone is welcome to share our content. Okay. I can't make that more clear, but if you want to screenshot this and then we talk about the Cowboys defensive identity might give you an idea of if you're playing fantasy football, I don't know if that's still going on or not, but this is a good way to kind of read into it and go, I guess the season's over now, but you can kind of look at it and go, okay, what is Dallas doing more man coverage or zone? Romeo Dobbs probably have a big day against man coverage. You get those isolation plays. You could tell when they notice it's man coverage, He's looking to feed Romeo Dobbs, no doubt about it. So uh, now when you look against man coverage, Christian Watson, 59.6, only 23 targets, obviously. I don't know if he popped up on zone. He did not. So he was all the way down the list on zone there as well. So just wanted to kind of hit on that. But, uh, Chris, anything stick out to you here, man? I can go back to either grab two if you need it, zone or man. What sticks out to you about how these receivers are, uh, are you know, having a different level of success with different looks? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, he's only got three targets, but just in general, I mean, Bo Melton out of nowhere. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, obviously his, you know, he was a part of the club and, and, and all that, not necessarily totally out of nowhere, but I mean, he stepped in and balled and yeah. uh, it's, it's just tremendous. It's, it, it just seems like one after another, these, these guys keep uh, stepping in, you know, the game's not too big for him. Right. Um, all, the, all these young guys and it's it's just uh it's just amazing to me and i it makes me think about you know i hate to do comparisons we we talk about not comparing to aaron Rodgers, but right. you know i always think about um or i've thought about you know could rogers um would he even throw these guys the ball um you know with you know always wanting to lean on veterans and and yet we have this uh this this rookie resurgence, so, you know, it's just amazing. It really is, man. And Bo Melton, like you said, it's only three targets, but zero drops. Just someone who's sure-handed in man coverage with that, you know, very small sample size. Against zone, he's seen 24 uh, targets and drop percentage is zero there too. So there you go, man. <laughs> Bo Melton's just a – he's a dog, man. I tell you, they I think they found him another one. All right, let's talk about across the NFL landscape. Where do these receivers rank across the NFL landscape? What I did to really filter out some of the noise was we did a minimum of 50 targets, okay? So everybody on this list, they had to have at least 50 targets in order to qualify for this. And this was wide receivers only, okay? I didn't get around to tight ends. I wish I had. Maybe we can hit on that tomorrow. But right at the top, 129.6 is the top receiver rating in the NFL. It's actually Nico Collins for the Texans. You want to know who's uh, who becoming one of C.J. Stroud's go-to guys? Right there you go. 109 targets, 129.6, having a heck of a year. He's averaging 86.5 yards per game, it looks like there, according to that metric. Now, where does the first Packer come in? Jaden Reed, number six, 117.9. He has the sixth highest receiving rating of the entire National Football League. That metric alone right there is suggesting Jaden Reed is top 10 in the entire league. Do I believe that's the case? I don't because receiver rating isn't everything, but it gives you a really good idea of just how well he's played. Look at just a few spots back. What is it? Three spots down. Dontavian Wicks in the number nine spot at 115.6. Tim, this is what we're talking about when we when I'm not trying to dog on Dobbs. I'm not trying to dog on Watson. I think they're both great players. But going into the offseason, one of the things that I said, and I did get picked apart for it, I said, we don't have a number one receiver yet. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are good number two receivers. Now, can they develop into a number one? Absolutely. Goody said, you know what? That would be great if they do. Let me just go out and draft two rookie number one wide receivers. Because that's essentially what you've got here. Like, it's it's phenomenal. And now you're seeing them grading out in the top 32. I think they're in the top 25 now, both of them, if I remember correctly. I know Jaden I know Jaden Reed is for sure, mm-hmm. but you're really starting to see them uh, kind of cut the corner here. Man, this blew my mind when I seen this. You know, this is where, you know, we talk about Goody's infatuation with RAS. And it's like, you know, when it comes to wide receivers, man, clearly there's, there's some uh, logic to that. 
Um, because yeah, we just hit on both of these guys, you know, and honestly, that's the core right there. I mean, Jaden Reed and, uh, Tay Wicks, that's, you know, that's the core you're building around, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, with all due respect to Scoot, you guys know that I love, I will defend Christian Watson to the death all day, every day. That's my guy. Um, you know, even at his best, he's, he's not that guy. He's not your number one type of guy. He's your field stretcher you know, speed demon, um, you know, explosive play lightning in a bottle guy, but, you know, down to down, snap to snap, a, a true number one. I mean, the closest that I can think of right now would be Jaden Reed. And, um, you know, the future looks bright. I, it really, like I said, it can be just like we, you know, we rotate the captains every week, you know, we rotate our, our number one uh, every other week or so, you know, de- depending on available personnel. I mean, you know, like Chris was saying about Bo Melton. I mean, th- that guy just popped up out of nowhere playing like a number one himself. So, um, yeah. you know, having a bunch of talent and trying to figure out how to get them all involved is a, a good problem to have for sure. And what's the one common denominator? The guy who's throwing them the football, right? That's right. Like that really yeah. says a lot about Jordan Love. But what do you think, Chris, with these two guys being here in the top 10 as far as receiver rating with a minimum of 50 uh, targets? Do you think this is a little bit of fool's gold or do you – you think they're legit number one receivers? No, I, I think they're legit. Um, I think Don Wicks and Jaden Reed have both both proven that um, throughout this this season. And and uh, you know, look at the look at some of the names that they're surrounded by. It's it's really quite amazing. You know, um, uh, Tim made the comment earlier, um, but uh, talking about the salary and and the only thing that you know it, it makes me think of. Uh, you know, Alan Lazard was a good player, you know, $11 million player. Right. Um, and, and, uh, but the combination of, of, uh, um, you know, we, we could have a couple hundred million dollar, uh, uh, wide receiver crew. Now, obviously that's not going to fit in the cap and all that, but I'm just saying it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And, and I certainly, you know, these guys, um, you know, when you look at the targets, they're not too far off from from some of these these other right. veteran guys. They have the targets. Absolutely. And some of those names that are surrounding these guys, Brandon Ayuk, C.D. Lamb, Rasheed Rice, Courtney Sutland. Um, let's see who else we got. Tariq Hill. You got Tyreek Hill. Jaden Reed has a higher receiver rating than Tyreek Hill. That is just wild. Tay Wicks is close to passing him up. Um, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, Tank Dale, Josh Reynolds. Mike Evans, DJ Moore. It's just uh, – it's wild. It's wild yeah, you're an elite company there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Let's hit a few of these chats. I've seen you marked a couple here, Tim. Let's go to this one. Ron Sandville uh, says, Jordan has talked about taking the easier throw later in the year. That might eliminate some of the forced throws downfield. Then Watson is back. That's a good point, Ron. We've seen it all over the tape too. Um, he just stopped forcing the ball. He was taking what they what they were giving him. You could see it all over the place. We we talked about it the other night, and now he's getting even more creative. Where like when he went up against that cover two there against the Bears, we broke it down on chalk talk this morning. Um, him hitting that wheel route against cover two, and it wasn't even like he he stepped out of the progression to hit that wheel route. He just yep. looked and said, "Cover two, <laughs> Jaden, get on by that corner right there. Yep, yep. Let's, let's drop that in the bucket for fifty six. That'll be just fine." Like. He's just playing so it's like you're, you're playing ahead of the curve. You know, you're, you're seeing it so well pre-snap and then the trust that you have in these receivers. It's like, that's why we see plays like that. It's like <laughs> reads progression. Huh? I know exactly what they're trying to do, you know? Exactly. And, then, and then you see every single time, I don't care who it is. You look at this, especially the second half of the season is like, as soon as we get a little bit of sugar from the defense, Jordan's cannon, you know, can, can he, he's already seeing, what they're trying to do and uh, just, you know, checking to the correct play, right? That was an issue early in the year, right? You had him canning to runs, what you know, when he should have stayed with the pass and vice versa. Now, you know, it's like he got all those mistakes out, you know, got the yips out, all, you know, the extra hitch at the, at the top of the drop. You know, he got rid of that. All these little things that he's done to get to this point is just really making a difference. Yeah, for sure. Larry in the chat says, hope Watson can get his hammy issues figured out. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not either, Larry. And here's what's cool. Let's say Tay Wicks and Jaden Reed do end up being true number one receivers, right? Imagine Christian Watson going up against a number three corner. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up for that. I'll take two, man. All day. Oh, my gosh, dude. I I get so excited thinking about just that right there alone. 
Um, let's move on to uh, on down the list here. Okay, I want to show you where Romeo Dobbs hit. He lands 34th. What did you hear, you guys hear me say? I feel like he is a solid number two receiver, right? He's right there at the top of the list as far as receiver rating, um, coming in at number 34. So I guess that would technically be the second best number two receiver in the league if you want to look at it strictly from a statistical standpoint and uh, more specifically receiver rating. You got to go on down the list and you'll find Christian Watson at 71. At a 71.4, he's 71st in the league. So what does that suggest? He's a number three, right? Right now, as a receiver rating, that's what they're saying. Give me 11 personnel, make them put their best corner on Tay Wicks or Jaden Reed, and let Christian Watson stretch the field. I don't care if it's over-the-top technique. I don't care if it's man coverage or cover three, whatever it is. Send him deep against a number three corner and watch them absolutely crap the bed. Because that dude is, I mean, what is he, 6'4"? 6'4", runs, what, a 4'3", 4'40"? Like, good luck covering that dude if you're the, the third best corner on your roster. So that that's where you got to really focus on the positive and no better way to get his numbers back up, Tim, than going against a number three corner, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I love Rome. I really do. I mean, honestly, to me, his role on, on in this offense is very reminiscent to, uh, you know, like what James Jones brought to the table for us a few years yeah. back. Yeah. You know, just super reliable, great hands. Um, you know, a guy who had drop issues uh, early in his career and then shorted up and, you know, had a reputation for just catching everything you throw at him. And, you know, if you look at Rome, a lot of these balls that he hasn't come down with are ones with, you know, he's getting an arm bar or he's, you know, falling goofy on his back. And, you know, it's like a fluke thing when, when he does cough it up. Um, normally, like anything in the area he's catching, you know, that's one of the things I've always loved about his game is just at the catch point, contested catch. He's an absolute menace. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Montreal in the chat said, in Goot, we trust. Pretty simple, straightforward. Number one Packer fan says, I like the fact that Reed, Dobbs, Wicks, and Melton can out-physical guys. We haven't had that in our wide receiver core in a while. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, Tay was one of those guys who was going to be – he's going to create separation and he's got good hands later in his career, right? But he wasn't that guy, in my opinion, that was going to do what Tay – or what, uh, ironically, Tay Wicks did the other night. I mean, he he caught that on that tosser play, that tosser drive, drive tosser that we broke down, Tim. I mean, he caught that slant and just was like, okay, two bodies, let's just run right through them, <laughs> drag them into the end zone. Uh, he's just, uh, I don't know, man. It, the thing that sticks out to me the most about these young receivers, the game doesn't seem too big for them, and that gets me really excited. So uh, tell you what else gets me excited is our partnership with BetUS, the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them jumping on board. If you guys want to support the stream and do it in a way that costs $0, just click on the link in the description of this video. That'll send you directly to BetUS where you can register for free as a customer. And by using that link, it lets them know that we sent you to them. You know, last week we were all over the under in the Packers-Bears game. Obviously, we knocked that one out of the park with the final score end up being 17-9. to 9. The under officially at BetUS was 46. This week against the Cowboys, we're seven-and-a-half-point dogs the way it sits right now. I'll let you guys know how I feel about that later in the week, see if we can't find another hint at a little uh, little action there if you like to put money on the game. As always, guys, listen, don't bet a single dime you can't afford to lose. That's BetUS, America's favorite sports book, been in business for 30 years now, the official sports book of Packers Total Access. So, all right, let's talk about this. I'm kind of excited about chatting about this. It's going to be hard to see. If you guys can't see something, let me know, and I'll read it off to you. We hit on this a little bit, I think, last week, Tim. Now we got the full gamut, right? We got the entire resume put together. We're going to look at how this team has improved or taken a step back from a team statistical standpoint, okay? So we're going to start with offense, and I can't wait to get to defense. I bet you guys know that's coming. So offensively, 2023, okay, we're going to try to give you a comparison of how they stack up against last year. Last year, we scored 370 points. This year, we scored 13 more, 383 points. So the offense took a step in the right direction. Now, immediately people go, love's better than love's better than Rodgers. Slow down, okay? We, gotta, we do have to curb that aspect because broken thumb, receivers led the league in drops. And if you don't believe me, look at 2021, okay? 450 points. Look at 2020, 509 points, right? So big difference, long way to go to fill those shoes of Rodgers. But what's beautiful is you don't have to. You just got to keep winning ballgames, baby. You got to play comp. It's my quarterback.
That's exactly right. <laughs> so when you look at yardage, last year, 5,733. We finished this year with 5,872. So more points, more yardage. Uh, yards per attempt, 6.5 this year. Last year was 6.1. So four-tenths of a yard more um, on attempt, okay? Passing yards, 3,967. If I'm looking at that correctly, it's a little blurry. I think that's roughly 247 more yards this year than last year in passing yards. Passing touchdowns, last year 27, this year 32. I think we finished second. Really cool statistic that popped up on NFL Live earlier tonight. I was watching it. Dak Prescott versus Jordan Love, it's the first time that in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, the number one and number two quarterback in passing touchdowns are facing off in the history of the game. That, that's liable to be a shootout. So we might be peeping that over down there uh, in AT&T Stadium. Just keep that in mind. Rushing yards, here's the difference. Last year, 2,113 rushing yards. This year, 1,905. Some people are going, what's the difference, Clayton? I think the big difference, in my opinion, is you didn't have a four-time MVP checking to run and setting up the protection, right? And in that case, setting up the blocking scheme in the running game too, canning out of passes, getting into good looks in the run. I think you missed that in the first half of the season, but you're seeing more of it now for sure. But again, we we ran the ball better last year than this year. Yards per carry last year was 4.6. This year it's 4.3. Rushing touchdowns last year, 12. This year is 10. Last year, we had 18 turnovers. This year, I think we finished with 16 turnovers. So pretty much 80% of the stats across the board from a team perspective here, Chris, Tim, whoever wants to go first, this this offense is trending up, right? Trending up off a down year last year, but nonetheless, they've, they've gotten better this year. And, and lo and behold, you win one more game and you're in the playoffs, right? So, Chris, what do you think about that, bud? Yeah, just one thing that I'll point out when you mentioned the run game, um, you know, we – we're missing Jonesy for a significant amount of games too. Very good point. Which, you know, he's cracking off 120 yards a game. Um, other than that, you know, just the touchdown passes, obviously kudos to Jordan Love. Um, what a tremendous, uh, tremendous first year um, as far as touchdown passes go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, H.E. Soldier in the chat says, early stage love is better than late stage Rodgers, ascending versus descending, and willingness to play within the game plan. That's where we differ, H.E. Soldier. I think uh, all this year has done is confirm that Rodgers was running the LaFleur offense. Nothing has really changed in that regard. But uh, My knee. Um, it should say my thumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one thing I will say, though, is – there is no doubt about it, no two ways about it. Jordan Love has outperformed Aaron Rodgers in his first year starting with less talent. Well, what we thought was less talent. You know, we come into this year, when, when he starts doing this, we're going, man, he's got less talent. And, you know, Aaron had, you know, Jordy Nelson, uh, Greg Jennings, James Jones, Jermichael Finley, uh, Donald Driver, right? He had all – we might look up and go, huh, that's chump change compared to that. We might end up with two Hall of Famers here or something. Right? <laughs> it's early, don't get me wrong, but – um, it is important to kind of put that into perspective for sure. Uh, so let's do this. Uh, Tim, what do you got to add to that, buddy, the offensive side as far as the stats? Does that, that kind of feel like how the year went to you? Yeah, absolutely. I got I got nothing to add there. You're right. Pretty much across the board, right? Yeah, it's like you could tell things got better in the second half, and it's like, yeah, this this offense feels like it's more efficient than it was last year for sure, and specifically at the quarterback position. That's really exciting. So I don't have anything to add, but Rashawn does. <laughs> Exactly. Defensive side. Here's where I'm going to try not to get too animated because, listen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm trying to be a politician here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to give him some <laughs> My opening statement is, I still think we can be better at the defensive coordinator spot. Wink Martindale, sign me up. Chris Hewitt from Baltimore, sign me up. Those are the two leading candidates for me. But, big but, this defense. That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael, please. <laughs> I love the kiss at the end. So, when you look at this defense and how they've gotten better this year, I think people will look at these numbers and go, how? How? This defense is hot garbage. When they were bad, they were really bad. When they were good, they were really good. So across the board here, let's run through the stats. 2023, we gave up 350 points. Last year, we gave up 371. 2021, we gave up 371. So 21 less points this year that the defense gave up. Okay. Yardage, we gave up less yardage this year as well. Okay. Passing yards, we gave up more yardage. We gave up 3,515 passing yards last year. We only gave up 3,351. Why is that? We're playing more man coverage. It's exactly what we talked about. Rushing yards. How many people, raise your hand if all season long you were going, man, this run defense is horrible. This run defense is horrible. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of hands up. Put your hands down now. 2,372 rushing yards is what we gave up last year. This year, 2,181. Like almost 200 less rushing yards we've gave up this year than last year. Again, it doesn't it doesn't mean you played great, but it means you improved. And what's crazy is you've you've kind of improved every year to a certain extent. Yards per attempt, okay, yards per attempt. And this is in the passing game, obviously. I would imagine just yards per attempt. Yeah, yards per attempt. Six point five last year. This year, six point two. Yards per carry. Here's the running game. Last year, we gave up five yards per carry. This year, 4.4, right? Well, five is bad, Clayton. The year before, Joe Barry's first year, he gave up 4.7. So this is his best year calling a run defense since he's been the D.C. in Green Bay. Some people are probably saying, well, what about the pressures? What about the sacks? Glad you asked. In 2021, 38 sacks. Last year, 2022, 34 sacks. This year, 45 sacks. We've got 11 more sacks this year than we had last year. Pressures, last year, 194. This year, 225. So what is that? Uh, do the math for me there real quick, gang. What is that? What, 30? 31 more uh, pressures, if I'm looking yeah. at that correctly? Yeah. So 31 more pressures this year than last year. Turnovers is the big thing that hurts. Turnovers and passing yards are the only thing that's less, if I'm looking at this correctly, from last year. You've only got 17 turnovers, 24 last year. Okay, so why are those two metrics? This is my opinion. I could be wrong. But I think the reason that you've got more passing yards you gave up and less interceptions is because you're playing more man coverage. But uh, it's a lot of information there. Let's go around the horn. Tim, I'll go to you first, buddy. What do you think about this, man? Um I'm not surprised by it, right? The old Nate Diaz. I'm not surprised. But mm-hmm. I, when I shared this online and people were they're screaming about Mike Vrabel today, right? Check this out. And I'm gonna get you take. We we need to hire Mike Vrabel's DC. He needs to be our DC. And I'm going, did you watch his defense last year? And I started throwing these stats out of Joe Barry's defense was better than his defense. Well, he was a head coach. You can't count that. You got to go back to when he was DC. Glad you said that. You go back to D.C., when he was the defensive coordinator in Houston, which got him the head coaching job, the defensive coordinator of a 4-12 and team, got him the head coaching job at Tennessee. Guess what? Guess what he was ranked in points per game in Houston that year? 32nd. Well, that isn't everything. I don't understand how anyone thinks that points isn't everything. But yardage, 20th in the league in yardage given up. So – I rest my case. Tim, what do you think about all this stuff, man? I think it says what I've been saying all along. We've gotten better every single year in Joe Barry's tenure. It's a fact. I I know it's not popular, 
but but it's a fact. They're not great. They're not great by no stretch, are they? No. But they've no, got but the proof is in the pudding. I mean, right. you can look at it right here. I mean, you're seeing progression. Yep. It's just wild to me, man, that people are still so they're so firm on that. I don't. And again, it, the point I'm trying to make is if you can go get a top five defensive coordinator, freaking do it. I'm all on board. But if we're just going to turn this defense over, get someone who's on that same level that's going to get these same type of results. Now the defense, the players have to learn a whole new defense, right? And now you're going to have a setback there, and we're going to be hearing it just like we did with Mike Pettin, just like we did with Joe Barry. It's going to take two years. It's going to take one to two years to kind of get this system acclimated, and we're going to go right back down to being a, a lower third defense. If I understood correctly, there's been people tagging me all over the place saying that we finished top ten in points per game. But um, And, again, I know that's not everything, but you're not. I've still yet to find one fan that I say, okay, which stat would you rather have over points per game? I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're not going to find one. But uh, anyway, Chris, what do you think, buddy? What do you think about this, Stevie? You may differ. You may. I don't even know your take. This is the first time we had you on the pod. How do you feel about these numbers? Do you feel like that's a true assessment of what's going on? How do you see it, man? Yeah, I mean, I would just say one thing that stuck out to me. I mean, I'm a. I love the defensive front. And we had more sacks, or we, the Packers, had more sacks um, this year than, than that year with uh, Preston and, and Zedarius. Um, yep. What was that, 2018? I, see, I think I see it says 42. Yep. Um, so that's, trem- that's tremendous production. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pressure, pressures as well were up over that year. And, I, and um, Zedarius had a massive year. Um, yeah, I think it's representative, you know, as far as Joe Barry goes, I mean, I think it's such a huge decision and I, I mean, if I was given the question, I don't know what to do. I mean, you, like you said, it can get worse and yeah. we're, we're planning on this, you know, we're thinking this team is going to make a run at the Super Bowl. What, in tw- you know, what, 2025 roughly, you know, that's, I hear a lot of people say 2025, um, it, you're going to have a setback. And it's not necessarily a guarantee it's going to be better versus the continuity of bringing them back for a fourth year. I know it's crazy um, to say, but, um, you know, and we've seen, you know, improvement year after year. I mean, another year of improvement versus uh, the first year with the new guy. I mean, that's a really tough call for Matt LaFleur and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a huge decision for him. It really is, man, and, and I don't think it's an easy one to make. Uh, you know, what I think I would like to see happen, some people believe that Joe Barry has little to do with this defense, and it's actually Matt LaFleur is kind of running this defense and just telling Joe, hey, do this, do that. That's what every head coach does. Now, why did we get rid of Mike Pettin? Because Matt couldn't do that with Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin had more pelts on the wall. He had more experience as a head coach. He had all those you had to kind of get him out of the room so Matt could be the head coach. So if you bring someone in like a Wink Martindale, um, to me that's going to be the same exact dynamic. I think it's it's going to be very, very unlikely that they do that, um, which it sucks because I would love to see Wink Martindale be the D.C. But Chris, Pewitt, or Chris Pruitt may be a little bit different dynamic there. Younger guy, right, um, former player, maybe he would fit just right. That's the one that I keep coming back to. For those of you who don't know, Chris Pruitt is the – uh, passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So that's basically, you know, next in line to D.C. And if their D.C. gets a job somewhere as a head coach, which probably won't happen, but if, if for some reason it did, then he would be promoted next probably to be the D.C. Uh, to prevent that that kind of that lateral move. So, yeah, again, the defense has still got a ways to go. But when you said that about the pressures, Chris, I didn't even look at it from that standpoint. That's pretty wild, man. That's pretty wild that. If we go all the way back to 2016, you're talking about eight years in history. Here's the sacks. 39, 37, 42, 41, 41, 38, 34, 45. This is the most sacks we've had as a defense in the last eight years. And we're, uh, and we're trying to get rid of the D.C. It's just if his name wasn't Joe Barry, I don't think people would be trying to get rid of him, to be honest with you. I think it's just. You call me either you want, but don't call me either. 
think it's taking on a life of its own, man. I, really <laughs> I think I try not to laugh at that, man. But I've got I've got so many family members that talk just like that. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. So all right. So there's your defensive look. We're at the 50 minute mark. Since we hit on the wide receivers versus zone and man, why don't we do this real quick? I'm gonna pull them down to where I can get to them real quick. And let's take a quick look at the Cowboys defensive identity. All right. So I'm gonna go full screen here so I can read it. Let's, let's just focus on man and zone for a second. That way we can kind of save the rest of it for tomorrow for a good morning Lambo. Man and zone, Dallas runs man 37% of the time. That's second most in the league. They play zone 47% of the time. That's 30th most in the league. Okay, Man coverage, their EPA is seventh. Zone coverage, their EPA is sixth. They're a legit top 10 zone defense and top 10 man defense. But make no mistake about it. They love to play the heck out of man coverage, okay? So with that being said, we jump back and say, okay, if they're going to be playing a lot of man, who's the best receivers against man? Romeo Dobbs, 114.5. Aaron Jones, 114.2. Malik Heath, only seven targets, but 113.1. Tucker Craft, 112.9, okay? This might be a big Romeo Dobbs-Aaron Jones game here in the passing game. So just something to – kind of think about but assuming rome is good to go right very sure a little more info tomorrow yeah tomorrow on pta live tomorrow night we will have our first injury report for the wild super wild card weekend and we'll know exactly what's going on with romeo from what we've heard he's fine he's day-to-day that come from matt lafleur now last year last week matt lafleur now has admitted to the media that he tried to convince the media that Christian Watson was going to be able to go, and he knew he wasn't going to go all week. So (laughs) take that with a grain of salt. A little gamesmanship, you know. Let's play off football. We got to do what we got to do. Absolutely. So there you go, man. They play a lot of man coverage. We got to keep our eye on that, right, and uh, see if Romeo Dobbs and Aaron Jones can get it going. You know, that's the other thing, too. Um, One of the things that they kind of struggled with earlier in the year, or I'd say probably in the second quarter of the year, they being Dallas – was uh, stopping the run, and it's because they're playing a lot of man coverage. So might be a big Aaron Jones day all the way across the board. He might might be one of those games where you see him with 95 rushing yards and 60 receiving, right? Could be one of those type things. So look for angle routes, look for a couple screens, and also look for them to flex him out, maybe run a little a little drive concept with him with a shallow cross, a, a drag across the field, that type of thing. So um, we'll dive into it more tomorrow. We'll give you guys a PFF preview as well. We'll have the injury report and all that, but let's uh let's get ready to go around the horn. Before we do, uh, thank you for the super chat, Chewy. Chewy says Dallas allows 112 yards rushing per game, but they only allow 187 passing yards per game. They have not met Green Bay this year, though. I love this show. Appreciate you, Chewy. We love you, buddy. Um, that's a good number. That's a good statistic there. Probably going to be a good day to try to lean on the run, control the clock. Um, like you said, Tim, you said it earlier today on Good Morning Lambo, bro. Uh, Got to play with a lead, man. Play with a lead and make Dak make some mistakes. He'll give you he'll give you one or two interceptions a game if you can if you can catch them. Um, so I know last year we picked them off. I think twice, if I remember correctly. Um, Rudy Ford, one of them, right? So uh, Rudy, actually, he might have had two interceptions in that game if I remember correctly. But anyway, Tim, parting thoughts, buddy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I personally believe we have all the all the chances in the world to beat this Dallas team. You know it. Clearly, clearly, we're the seven seed for a reason, and they're they're the uh, two seed for a reason, right? I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But this game is not played on paper. It's not played with metrics. It's played between the lines. We say it all the time. And uh, any given Sunday, someone can come out victorious that when you least expect it. And uh, you know, the the Packers brought the house against Chicago, and they're going to have to do the same thing against these Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I think if they do, we have we have a really good chance of winning that ball game. Seriously. PFF, Packers PFF, they're really trying to break my heart, man. They tweeted this out earlier. Rudy Ford, 30.1 passer rating allowed in coverage this season. He's the first amongst safeties. Yeah. He's I, on think IR. Will, I think he's Rudy on will IR, be back. Right? Yeah, he's on IR. Um, but I think, you know, what we've seen out of him this year can't be understated. And think they'll I, bring I, back next year? Yeah, I do believe yeah. the thing the thing that's kept him off the field has been um the injury. And uh I really do. I think we see him at camp next year. 
at, at the very least. Um, I almost think you have to knowing that Savage will be gone. And, uh, you know, what do we what do we really have back there uh, beyond Anthony Johnson Jr.? So I, I, I would bring Rudy Ford back to camp for sure. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chris? No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rudy Ford. I agree. My man. Um, I, I think that he's uh, he stood out. Um, and, uh, yeah, big fan. Yeah, I think he's just – he's been underutilized this year, but then when they pop him on the IR, I'm sitting there going, okay, maybe that's played a big role, right? Maybe something's been nagging him. That would that would be all the explanation I need, being the president of the Rudy Ford fan club for sure. So, um, But, again, Chewy, thank you for the super chat, buddy. All right, uh, Chris, you got any parting thoughts, buddy? Anything you want to add? No, I, I'm just really looking forward to uh, the matchup with the offensive line and uh, their pass rush. Um, and Marcy, uh, bro. Right. And I think that's, like you said before, leaning on uh, Aaron Jones. I mean, he has a history of taking care of business against uh, the Cowboys and uh, with their propensity to uh, – uh, you know, give up a little bit in the run game. I think that's, you know, all those things say a, a big game for big game for Jones. And and the other thing I just would say is that, um, like Tim said, is more of the same as far as the, uh, the pressure we need to put on uh, Dak. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I'm just so proud of the way that they played, you know, holding fields. Uh, it, we didn't, you know, wasn't a lot of talk about it, but we held fields to 27 yards rushing and uh, 148 in the air. Um, that is a tremendous, you know, not only getting to the quarterback, but doing it in a way that, uh, you know, they hold their lanes and, and don't let him out of the pocket. And I think not that Dak is, is, is much of a runner, but, um, I'm just expecting big things out of that defensive front, and I think we're going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very well said. And you, you use them words like propensity, bro. You uh, you're on the wrong pod with that kind of language. Bro. <laughs> you're in here dropping those three and four syllable words, and I'm over here like this. I tried this one chili that set my mouth on fire, and I had to drink a two-liter Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mike Witt in the chat says Tucker and Luke are going to have a game Sunday. Book it. Hey, Love it. Put them in man coverage. Put a safety on one of those two big boys and watch them eat their lunch, dude. Watch them run right through. Abuse them. Abuse them all day long, especially if they try to play press. Um, I'm all about it for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, I hey, real quick, while we have a chance, uh, smash the like button. Uh, we don't like to ask too often, but uh, see, we got uh, over 100 people here. So uh, make sure you uh, smash the like button so it helps out the algorithm. Right, Clay? Yeah, absolutely. Very well said, Tim. Look at you, man, being professional. And I'm of over course, here playing you know, redneck clips. <laughs> we got a shout out to, uh, of course, Ryan Slip, Pack Daddy, you know, the whole team at Packernet, too. We got the uh, QR code up here, upper right hand of your screen. Make sure you give that a scan so you can check out all the shows over at Packernet Podcast Network on all of your uh, platforms. We want to thank them for uh, supporting us. Uh, obviously, we're, uh, wherever you get your pods, wherever you get your pods, make sure it's Packernet podcast for sure. And we were trying to give away a David Bakhtiari jersey the other night. So the winners were Beard Don was first place. We haven't heard from him yet. Dan Cott was second. We haven't heard from him yet. And Romero R was the third one. We heard from Romero. So we're going to give it until Friday if we don't hear from Beard Don and Dan Cott. Um, first, then that jersey will go to Romero or the autographed David Bakhtiari jersey. During the post-game show, immediately following the Packers-Cowboys playoff game, we're going to be doing another giveaway. Anyone who is a YouTube member, a member of the PTA Posse, you can click on our homepage, click join. You can become a member on here. That enters you into contests moving forward where we give away autographed pieces of memorabilia, like jerseys, things like that. This week, we're giving away – uh, Hall of Famer James Lofton, an autographed card that was donated from United Bates, one of our you know uh, most loyal listeners. He just wanted to help the show and said, hey, let me, let me give you guys some really cool autographed cards. James Lofton is one of them, played for the Packers, obviously, in the 80s, Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver. So make sure that you're a YouTube member by midnight on Saturday so we put your name on that wheel and uh, get you into that contest to uh, have a chance to win that really, really cool piece of memorabilia there. So. With that being said, guys, we're out of here. Chris, great job, dude. It was so much fun having you on here. Looking forward to having you back. Um, we'll be back tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambeau. Um, looking forward to that. Tim, we'll dive real deep into 
the uh, Packers-Cowboys matchup. Then for PTA Live tomorrow night, we'll have the injury update, all that good stuff. I've had some listeners. Uh, who was it? Someone in the chat. Uh, oh, Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy Monday, still stuck in Kansas. Asked me if I could take a look at the Dallas Cowboy tape and kind of see the last six games, what they're doing good, what they're doing bad. Just kind of, you know, scout them out a bit. If I have time, I'm going to do that. I definitely want to go look at the losses. I want to go look at the loss because they have way more success than they've had failure this year, obviously. So I'd like to go look at the losses and go, okay, what are the commonalities? What did these teams do? Did the Cowboys just crap the bed or did the other team do something schematically that we can kind of, you know, duplicate? So hopefully I'll have some time to do that tomorrow in between Good Morning Lambo and PTA Live. And if I do, then I'll share my findings there on PTA Live. But again, thanks to everybody in here. Really appreciate y'all hanging out with us. You make this so much more enjoyable. Special thanks to Packer Up for the Super Chat and Chewy for the Super Chat. Appreciate y'all so much. We're out. We'll see you in the morning. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play where we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here. Try to run this place in the alley.